Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we got a great show put together today. We are talking about delete or not delete. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about deleting trucks today, Paul. That's it, man. That's wow. crazy. Wow. Who would thought? A lot of EPA talk lately. Obviously, we've all heard Cummins got whacked with a big yeah. billion dollar fine. I mean, not, it's a big fine, but like it's it, a lot of trucks. There's a lot more to the story. Paul, I, I went to you and like, hey, yeah. we got to cover this. There's just, there's not a lot of details right now. No, yeah, there's, there's very little source material yeah. and there's very little trusted reliable material out there so we decided we were going to take a pass we know about it we know you guys know about it um you know there's there's all sorts of stuff it's the epa they're going to continue to go out and generate fines the big question nowadays is really are you going to get fined or fined and jailed right there's there there's the question you have Uh, but with this it brought up a, a topic chris and i have talked about many times off air um which is like, man, for an end user, for for you guys out there who who bought an L5P, let's just say it's a 19. So you bought a used truck this yep. year. Um, you got to use it for work. You're going to tow some shit with it on the weekends. You're right. going to drive it every day. What should you do? What, what makes the most sense? Not based on your political affiliation or yep. your, your love or hate of the government. Just what should you going to buy milk and putting fuel in your truck what should you do to your truck um so we're going to dive into that before we get too far in we want to give a shout out to our sponsors i'll say off the top i know in some of my recommendations today what you should do with your truck include products from exergy performance uh in some of the higher level stuff i don't think we'll quite get into that in our direct comparison uh but also i'll tell you what top to bottom you're going to have wc fab products in our builds oh yeah i mean uh whirly you know he's he's really uh restructured his product catalog right to offer some components to upgrade and and have that foundation to grow right and we we see it with a lot of our customers right it's it's hard to talk about l5p duramaxes and not have Worldly Custom Fab somewhere in the mix. That's right. That's right. Uh, Axergy Performance, uh, you know, hey, you're probably not buying a ton of fuel system components for your L5P, but pretty much every older Duramax you're going to, yep. whether it's a fuel system saver, a set of injectors, a CP3 pump, a fuel pressure lines, whatever you need. Yep. Um, fuel pressure lines. High pressure rail lines is go. what I meant to say. It's all right. Um, so you're you're going to be using Exergy components. Uh, also, I was just taking a look at their their summer blend. Now we're coming out of, I guess like this is the warmest winter I can remember so far. Um, so far, I think. So I think a lot of you guys in, probably haven't been running winter blend. Yeah, I think we're going to get into our cold spell here over the next month. It we're looks like we're going to start to get some some cold weather up here. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, most of the time guys are either getting their winter blend fuel uh, additive or you know they they already have it. And yep. yeah, I mean another another couple months here we're. Uh, we're going to be out of this come March time. It'll be spring blend again, which is <laughs> cool. It. So That's counting it. down the days, you know. And then uh, XDP, your one-stop shop for diesel performance. Check them out. they got lots of great products. They carry a lot of Duramax tuner products. Yeah. Uh, you can check them out and see what's available over there as well. You know, one of the things that I use a lot with XDP is, like, you know, we're, we're a bigger shop, and I know that, but we, we do a lot of... Uh, maybe jobs in house or we'll do I'll do setups for customers where I need like miscellaneous gaskets like just these one off things that you can't buy in a package XDP has made it really easy to be able to decipher okay I need this gasket this part number this 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 and you order everything in one shot in a bulk the way you need to so, so nice when they make you know, it convenient oh like for that. sure I could see why a lot of like smaller shops kind of gravitate to, to XDP for that type of stuff yeah. because it makes the buying uh, process a lot more simplistic yeah so love that and cool. then we can't forget, 
You oh. can't forget, Paul, the the guy who signs our checks, right? <laughs> Calibrated Power Solutions, Homodura Max Tuner. Um, we're going to be talking about the shop today and, and some of the tuning recommendations as we're doing our comparisons. Um, you know, Calibrated Power has always been a big advocate of emissions on tuning. Um you know, not saying this because I'm employed by them, but it, it's 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 a statistic. Like we are probably one of the longest operable companies in the custom tuning space, and we have been doing emissions on tuning arguably the longest. We yeah. have the most data, the most miles driven. Paul, you've owned trucks. I've owned trucks. We a lot of the guys here have owned trucks, been part of the R and D process. We live it. We breathe it. We've experienced it firsthand. Um, you know, so, you know, shout out to Nick and the guys for, for keeping us employed. You know, it's been a really cool <laughs> ride. And, uh, you know, it's just as we talk about this type of stuff, you know, 10 years ago, Paul, when when we first started, you have a year on me, essentially. But when we look at this stuff, it's like, man, you know, emissions on you will never make the power. And now here we are. We're going to go toe to toe talking about an L5P truck, emissions on versus emissions off. What can you expect? What kind of power gains can be had? And I think some of the stuff's going to surprise the, the listeners. Yeah. So uh, never downplay that year I have on you. It's a it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a it lot. It is a lot. It's a, lo- it's, a lot. It is, it's a year and a half. It's actually a year and a few months. <laughs> yeah. You know, but hey, you know what? I'll, I'll always, I don't envy I you for you much. I heard you try to slide that in. Hey, I don't envy you for much, but I, you know, I envy you for that. <laughs> so there we go. Let's take, let, 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 let's start here, Paul. All right. Where, where are we at? So, so Chris and I decided that instead of doing a budget build, we would do a delete, not delete build. Yep. Um, so this is kind of our, our classic setup here. However, we didn't have a third-party judge. We decided we've been doing this long enough. We know what we're right about. Yeah. Um, we know that, like we said, there's a lot of guys out there in this scenario where, where you buy a, a slightly used truck. You know, it's got 70,000 miles on it. You 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 know what you need it for. You know that you have a big boat or a big camper, and that's why you bought an L5P instead of a gasser. Because right. you're like, i got to tow this thing five times a year. Mm-hmm. I have to have the right truck to tow it with. The rest of the time, I'm going to use my truck like a normal human being. I'm going to go to work in it. I'm going to take the family out in it on the weekends. You know, I'm, I'm going, going to live a life with a truck. Um, Chris, I don't think you or I have driven a completely stock vehicle no. in a long time, nope. um, if ever. So so we know we're going to modify it, right? We know we're, go- we're going to improve it. Uh, these trucks, do they have like the LML dead pedal? Well, probably not as dangerous as the LML dead I mean, pedal. It's still, it's still but there, from the factory, but there's some you, soft spots. You can't go and go from an LML to an L5P and have the same complaints. Yeah. I think that's something that we anybody that's listening that has gone from an LML to an L5P stock for stock is going to have, have that complaint. Now, if you come from a modified LML and it's tuned, and depending on the tuner, and then you go into a stock L5P, you could be like, oh, this thing's a little lethargic. But you know, that's now you're comparing two to a stock truck but right. if you go stock for stock i mean realistically a, a stock l5p in my opinion feels like a, a moderately tuned lml yeah you know yeah I, I would agree with that uh however they're also heavier and they feel heavier yeah. the one thing that i would say about an l5p is is you you really feel the weight of that oh, yeah. truck compared to some of the previous platforms um they they do good towing i got nothing against how in stock form they tow a trailer again a little light on the top end power. I oh. think you could really feel like like when you're pulling in a grade, uh, you could be in a in a stock L5P and be like, I wish I had more. It's probably not detrimental, uh, but you'd feel the need. I think in that set setup. I think you feel in a, in a factory L5P, you you feel where the truck's factory torque curve lies. Yeah, and if you're under or above it, you're off. Um, you know, so you have that. I, I will say, Paul, like you, you mentioned, you know, these trucks, they tow well, you know, in factory form. There's something about footprint on the ground. 
right? And we talk about, you know, guys that kind of, you know, rehash and, and kind of give an older truck a second life, you know, your LB7s, LOIs, LBZ trucks. And then you compare that to an LML, and like an LML just, it tows nicer than those older trucks. The yep. L5Ps just tow nicer than the LMLs. They just tow nicer than the earlier trucks. And I think a lot of it has to do with, as these trucks have progressed, like you mentioned, the weight of the truck. Yep. Okay, the braking capacity of the trucks, the boxed frames, right? These older trucks. I remember years ago, one of my buddies, Pete, he had an LB uh, LB7 truck, and he physically was a frame off, and he was boxing the frames. It was a sled pull truck. Yeah. The newer trucks these days are all boxed already. So you start looking at that kind of stuff, and the robustness of the truck has changed. Yes, the power has increased, but the weight of the truck has also increased. But that truck stability, towing eight to fifteen thousand pounds. Having the power to do it is one thing. Having the braking power to stop it is one thing. But the physical integrity of the truck, the structure of the truck, is something that you just can't replicate with the older trucks. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, not to mention all the creature comforts. No, I mean, that's <laughs> now you're getting spoiled, right? Now, you know, you, you want your CarPlay, and you want your navigation, and you want your digital dash. Like, yeah. Yeah, those things don't exist. I mean, you could buy an aftermarket head unit for the older trucks, and you I can. mean, they work well. Um at the same time, though, you know, the newer trucks with the newer amenities, as great as they are, there are unfortunately more things to break and fail. No. And that's kind of backing into what we're talking about today. The cost factor, the bang for your buck. Yeah. What are you investing in? What are you getting out? And what's that long-term effect look like? Are there positives and negatives to each? I do believe so. And I think that's kind of what we wanted to shed some light on. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I think I think this is probably a good time, too, to just talk about deletes in general, yeah. maybe just outside of our our specific example here. Um, I have no moral objection to deleting your truck. I don't care. Just just be perfectly honest. Yeah. Just as a human being in the world, uh, I really don't give a shit if you delete your truck or not. Um, I will say there are some facts out there. So, so a deleted truck does put the same amount of pollutants as 40 emissions equipped trucks. Okay. So, so it's a 1 to 40 ratio. Uh, that is true. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's not a skewed number. That that's real. Uh, we've we've even seen similar results that would that would back that up in in our own testing. So, uh, deleting a truck not good for the environment. Uh, do I buy into you the EPA into the EPA claims that it like unfairly impacts low income neighborhoods. No, I don't I think that's a stretch. I think that's a stretch. Uh I, I would I have not seen any data that would that would make me believe that's true. Yeah. Um it, it does put more pollutants in the air. Okay. Um other than that, uh some of the myths out there about deleting, like deleting your emissions equipment is going to make your truck perfectly reliable. No. Uh it does remove Anytime you need to repair or replace uh, emissions equipment. Right. So course. if you delete the emissions equipment, you no longer have to fix the emissions equipment. If you equipment. remove the ninth injector or your knock sensors and the cat and the filter, you eliminate the risk of those things going bad. No argument there. Agreed. Do not comment on you know this post or this video, wherever your source is <laughs> appearing this. And say any of those things because yeah. honestly, Paul and I don't give a shit. We That's we not don't. the point. That's right. not a point to this. Right. Um, you're not going deleting your truck is not what's adding power or gaining fuel mileage to a degree. That for what the, we're talking the, yeah, about today. Yeah. Um, 
yes, they are inhibitors to both performance and fuel mileage. They are not the main inhibitor. Uh, So a lot of what we do in automotive performance, I think this spreads across all automotive performance, is we build a vehicle to its next limiter. There's always something that's limiting your vehicle from making more power or getting better fuel mileage. that next step. I like that. Uh, um, So we're always building up to that next limit. The emissions equipment it really isn't the the biggest limiter that you're hitting. Not it on is a there. factory truck. I think, you know, like you mentioned, if yeah. you're talking, my buddy's got a 2019 L5P, I got a 2019 L5P. He's going to delete and just do tune only. I'm going to do tune only emissions on. I hate to say it, the trucks are going to make similar peak power if you have a good tuner that understands reliability with the truck. Keeping the turbocharger in its happy range, keeping the transmission happy, knowing where to apply that torque right to get into its torque band. If you do all those things appropriately, the trucks are going to make the same power because your limitation, like you mentioned, the next hard part is not the emissions. It's going to be the turbocharger. That's right? right. That's the limitation, reliably. Yeah. So, you know, understand that, you know, there's limitations to these trucks in different stages, and you really need to understand where that limitation lies for the stage that you're going into. For today, we wanted to talk about the simple thing, right? You bought an L5P. What's the first thing you're going to do to it? Well, Nine out of ten times, a shop is going to recommend some type of power enhancer in the form of a calibration. Tuning. Electronics. That's the upgrade. That's the first thing. That's going to be the best bang for your buck on a stock truck. No question. And then that's for any stock diesel truck. Yeah. yeah. That just is what it is. Uh, So tuning is always going to get you your bang for your buck. Now, there are some other parts that we recommend along with this. Now, Chris, you were taking up the position of delete. So you were going to walk our listeners and myself through. Here's not only what you need to delete, but here's what the cost is. Because I think as we boil this down, if we're going to get similar fuel mileage and we're going to get similar performance, well, the next question is, well, what does it cost? Of course. Um, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna let you go first okay. and set up the deletes, and then I'll come back and I'll hit hit my emissions equipped. Yeah. I will say on my side, I went with the the best of the best and the most expensive options I could. Okay. I could boil mine down significantly, uh, but I didn't think I needed to. Okay. So what I did was I went off of a couple of websites, right? Like there's still places, you know, maybe out of the country that you can go to source parts if you needed to, right? They are becoming a little more difficult to get. It's a Google search away, guys. It is a Google search away. So this is all like public knowledge, right? This is a couple keyword searches and I was able to pull some information up. So in the L5P space, there's, uh, for one, we want to understand the emissions, right? Understand the components. So you have your factory turbocharger. Off of the back of the factory turbocharger, you have what's called a DOC, Okay, now that is an emissions filter that then goes into a downpipe, goes into your cat, goes into your DPF, and then you have your tailpipe. So there's two ways that guys will go ahead and do like an emissions off from the exhaust perspective. The cheap route is just to remove the cat and the DPF, leave the DOC in the engine bay. Because if you want to remove the DOC and do a full downpipe, you have to physically remove the factory turbocharger to gain access to it. It raises some complexity there, right? This isn't any longer a DIY in my driveway, spend an hour and a half, cut out the old exhaust, stick in the new one. So the way I kind of broke this down is I wanted to go, hey, here's your here's your back, you know, your your back roads, you know, hey, my shit fell off and it was a quick, you know, three hour fix versus, hey, I did it the right way. I did a full tune in and delete in the appropriate manner or the way that it, it should be done. Yeah. So let's look at the cost of parts. To do it the cheapest way possible, 
Okay, you're going to be into it for a test pipe. Those are generally about $400. That's going to remove the cat in the filter. You're going to be into it for um, your your CAN bus plugs. Now, these are going to be plugs that plug into the factory harness so you don't lose like your fuel temp or your fuel tank uh, gauge or your rear brake lights, things like that. Um, those plugs are generally going to run you about 150 bucks. Okay, so we're not we're not too far off. We're 600 dollars right now, right? Yeah. Um, so 600 dollars. Now you got to look at the tune. Okay, most tuning is going to range anywhere from a thousand to 1500 dollars for the engine, depending on what you're doing. That's just calibration cost. That doesn't include the hardware cost. Now, what we're going to back into here from a fixed cost hardware to do your engine, no matter what, is going to be 1150 bucks. That's HP tuner, hardware, credits, you know, unlock cable for the ECM, all of that exists. So let's add that up, right? 1150 plus, let's say the bare bones, bare minimum $1,000 for a tune. So you're $2,100 or $2,150. Plus the six hundred in the the hard parts, right? So you're twenty seven, twenty eight fifty there, twenty eight fifty in parts at a bare minimum, no labor, no nothing to be able to tune and, and delete your L five P for a single tune, okay? Or maybe you can get the switchable tune, right? Yeah. Now again, there's a lot of variables that come into this from a tuning perspective. There's a lot of fly by night shops that you know will will sell you a tune and and you know turn their back and now that might work it might not work and now you're faced with having to buy tuning a second time go on the l5p facebook forums you'll see this on a daily basis so guys brutal. crying wolf right about this but again that's the cheapest option with no labor okay now that was 2850 let's back into the more expensive option if you needed to do a, a full exhaust right that exhaust that pipe was 450 a full exhaust is going to range anywhere from 700 all the way up to a thousand dollars depending on if you do four inch five inch stuff like that exhausts right. are expensive these days yeah right? now you got to do a downpipe because you're going to remove the you know the turbocharger and move the doc that is like the right way to do this to do that you know downpipes another 400 bucks your egr kit's going to run you another 400 bucks on average right i've seen them some for 350 yeah. but mostly are 400 but then you have the labor and this is where it's a real kick in the nads right this is where you see those outrageous costs to tune and delete a truck just to remove the turbocharger and to put the turbocharger back in the factory location from a book perspective right like book hour perspective is 10 hours Ooh. 10 hours that's just the turbocharger at a at 125 150 bucks if an you're hour. finding a shop to do it yeah you know yeah. like let, let's just you know call it for what it is this is no longer a i'm hanging out with my friends on a weekend in the garage and doing this right like most end users are not going to have that understanding of i am going to do this they are either going to have to have a friend that's mechanically inclined which what let's face it not everybody has or you are paying a shop some way shape or form for their skilled labor to be able to perform I this. I think a turbo on an L5P compared to like a turbo on like a 59 Cummins totally different. Goes from mechanically inclined yep. to a mechanic. Oh, for sure. That's that that, that would be my recommendation. Yes, I am sure there are many of you out there who are not certified mechanics and you can still do this job and we're all really proud of you. Yep. However, 99% of us would say like there's a difference between mechanically inclined which I would say I am like I don't mind you know swapping out a garbage disposal mm -hmm. uh, compared to taking the turbo out of an L5P which is heavy located in the worst possible spot buried beneath a bunch of other shit takes a bunch of other shit to get off to get it back on and has a big giant electronic actuator on the face of the turbo those are all things that intimidate yep. me to the point where I would say 
Let's go ahead and yeah. pay somebody. So now you have to put in a perspective. That's 10 hours on the turbocharger. And I did verify with the guys in the shop. You do not remove the EGR to do a turbocharger on an L5P. Right. So now you're going to do the EGR. You're another two, three hours into that. Yep. Then you still have to do the exhaust. You know, call it two, three hours to do that. Right. If you're not talking labor, not talking labor, just the parts and the tuning, you're already going to be into it for about five grand. Right. Five thousand dollars. That's your CAN bus plugs. That's doing a nice exhaust, the downpipe, the EGR kit, the engine tuning. This doesn't even include trans tuning. Right. So trans tuning is usually going to run you about seven hundred dollars more. That's regardless if the truck has the emissions or doesn't have the emissions. Yeah. Trans tuning is a big part of reliability and robustness in the truck itself and its overall operation. OK. Yeah. Remember that, guys. So we're talking five grand, five thousand dollars. We haven't even talked labor yet. Well, let, let's see here, right? We we just brainstormed. Let's just say you could find someone to do this job for 15 hours or 14 hours. We'll just stick to 15. Let's say you could find somebody at $100 an hour, right? Yeah. $100 Which an hour luck. these days is fucking a steal. Good luck. So you're talking another $1,500. You're talking $6,500, $6,500 to tune and delete your L5P Duramax to make reliably 550 horsepower, right? Some guys push them to six, you know, 555, 565, 575, 80, something like that. But 550 is really the reliability cap that I would say on this truck, whether it's a five speed or, uh, sorry, a six speed or a 10 speed. Yeah. Okay. But we're talking, we're talking with labor, 6,500 bucks. If you're going to do it yourself, you're going to be into it for about $5,000 on average, right? For what? For the elimination of a few sensors, uh, reliability, right? Because that's, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah, where that, we're at. That's what they say. So turnkey, 550 wheel horsepower, parts are 5,000, with labor, you're 6,500 bucks. I'm going to dive in and ask some questions, but I just want to make sure that I get this comparison in right away. Yeah. To get the exact same peak performance. Power. Just the power. $2,050. Okay. To go emissions equipped. Now- Everything else I have on my list, everything else I have on my list only makes your truck better than the deleted option. Okay, so you put other stuff into the mix. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Because you knew I was going to be expensive. Exactly, exactly. So so like I said at the beginning- Kind of bullshit. I wrote my list to be like, this is the truck I'm fucking proud of, Okay. and I'm done building if this is the horsepower number I want to go to. Well, what do you got? Okay. Pre-tuned TCM. So right away, add the TCM in, that's 775. Core charge, 300 bucks. I was like, okay, well, you need the ECM tuning. I would, I would feel ashamed of my career if I didn't recommend TCM tuning passionately and strongly. Please do TCM tuning on these trucks. Um, then I was like, man, I really like a nice cold air intake, okay. and and like this guy, because because let's just assume you had the budget and you could afford to do either option. Right. I was like, this guy, uh, if I was gonna do it, and I was this guy. He'd probably go with the, the more expensive WC Fab one. Well, so I, I didn't go with like the S and B intake, which is for half the cost. Yeah. Uh, I went with the six hundred dollar WC Fab intake with powder coating. Okay. With the air box. Now, let, by the way, let's note that real quick. I think that deserves yeah. a little bit of a spotlight there. You know, we've been working with the guys at Worley for years. Yeah, they sponsor the show. I am saying this from my experience. I don't give a crud if, if Jason sponsors the show or not. When guys call in and they're asking about intakes, regardless of the L5P, the newer Cummins trucks, guys want to hear some sound out of the truck, right? Yep. They understand that, you know, in our line of work, emissions stay on the truck. But it is amazing the audibility difference doing a metal style intake with the metal box like what Jason offers. Yeah. Yes, it's expensive. 
right? An S and B can, uh, you know, comparably is 350 bucks ish. You know, Whirly's is almost double. But the sound that you gain for paying that extra money, and then the bling that you have having a powder coated whatever it's color, it it it's not a comparison. That's why I thought for this guy, 100, the WC Fab intake I think is the right pick. Yeah, I think it gives a better apples to apples comparison of somebody in the real world who is really weighing these options. It's like okay, you got seven grand in your bank account. You only need 500 bucks there. How are you going to burn 6,500 bucks on your truck? It's this. It's it's this right here. Now, WC Fab does offer a really kick-ass stage two high flow bundle that I likely would recommend. It's only 1,600 bucks. However, we have an open style WC Fab intake horn with our own surge ring. I just... I've seen the test data on this, and I really, really like that result. Mm-hmm. So I opted for that. So WC Fab intake, six hundred bucks. DT intake horn. We actually call it the WC Fab open style intake air horn. Uh, those are running two twenty. Then if you're going to do that, you're going to do an anti surgery right. with it. Doesn't matter what turbo you have. All the anti surgerings cost the same. They are designed differently for the turbo application. Uh, but anti surgerings one hundred and twenty bucks. And I was like, you know what? This guy, he got the fancy intake. He got the custom tuning. He he's going to want gauges. Just of like he's, you're not going to put all this money into like what a sixty seventy thousand dollar truck. So you're buying it used. Of you're course. buying a used truck for what you know. My parents' house cost when they bought it. Um, no, and I mean, you, you had to go with an edge. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What else are you going to yeah, get? I'm, exactly. Come on, come on. You're going to get a digital gauge. You're going to get gauges and not get an edge insight CTS three. You're crazy. So let's. So those this. run five fifteen. So just real quick, real yeah. quick. What What's the cost for the added parts, not the tuning? What's the cost for your added parts? Right oh, now you're top? asking me to do math. I am um, putting on the spot. Two thousand five hundred and twenty nine dollars. Okay, so. $2,060. We're just going to group it up. How much is the cost of the tuning, which is separate from the parts? Twenty fifty. Okay. So you're into a truck that's modified out. It's blinged out, right? Yeah. Like it sounds good, looks good, performs well. Uh, it, it's going to tow better just with the lower intake air temps through the high flow kit. You're into it for $4,100, $4,200? $4,500. Okay. Yeah. Versus if you wanted to bling out my setup, you're adding another $2,000 on top of the $5,000 in parts that do the delete. Now, let's compare what are the differences, right? So when guys call in or guys are talking or comparing on the forums and going emissions on versus emissions off, there's really three things that come at me, okay? One, reliability, right? Got to get that rat piss out of the truck. I got to get these sensors. I don't want to derate, right? We've all heard all of these... uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've all heard these uh, different wordings for yeah, cliches, the emissions. Yeah. Cliches, thank you. Um, the other one that I hear a lot of is economy, fuel mileage. Yep. And then the last thing, in, and I, I, I think it's probably more important than mileage, is going to be sound, right? Guys want sound out of their trucks. Yeah. Right? So we'll, we'll talk about this, right? A truck like this, crew cab short bed configuration right emissions off right my truck sounds badass it performs badass hey and i get some badass fuel mileage because i deleted my truck yeah right my truck averages 15 16 in the city 17 18 mixed driving i'll get 21 shit maybe even 22 miles to gallon on on the highway driving it normal right but i don't really ever get that because i'm always wanting to hear the sound right but I got a badass truck that gets be- really good mileage, but that's because I deleted the truck. Yeah. 
What do you say to that, Paul? Well, this is a common misconception. So the amount of fuel your truck uses to regen, which is the process that the the DPF, the filter, uh, goes through to get all the the soot, to get all the stuff that it filtered out, burnt out of it, is it sprays more fuel. Whether it's a Cummins and it sprays it at uh, the injection point or whether it's a Duramax and it sprays it in the ninth injector directly into the exhaust, depends on the platform. But essentially, your truck uses fuel to burn off whatever soot is accumulated in the filter. That just instinctively makes people feel like, well, if you get rid of the regen process, Mm -hmm. you'll save fuel, which is true. Um, I don't think people realize how little fuel is used. Mm -hmm. So the DOC, uh, I think we referenced it as a filter on the back of the turbo. It's actually a diesel oxidation catalyst. Mm -hmm. Uh, What it does is it gets super fucking hot. That's what it does. It takes heat. And it makes more heat. Uh, that's like the simplest, least amount of words I could use to describe a very complex product. Right. Um, so, yeah, the amount of fuel that's actually used for regen is minuscule. Yep. To the point that we've measured it over a full tank of fuel or even over like three or three to five full tanks of fuel to be less than a half a mile per gallon difference on a deleted versus non-deleted truck if everything else is the same. So all other things being equal, if the only difference is delete and non-delete, your fuel mileage we would expect to be within 0.5 miles per gallon of each other. Uh, and we've seen it a lot closer because I, generally in the real world, the deleted guy, like you mentioned, loves that sound oh. and and uses that sound, yeah. which uses power, which uses more fuel in a less efficient way. And we usually find they get the same. Well, and I've actually seen it the opposite, right? Where I've seen tuned emission trucks tend to see some better mileage than a deleted truck yeah. because of the truck's ability to get the operating temp in the colder months compared to a truck that's deleted. That's the way true. The, the coolant works and flows around the EGR cooler with your exhaust gases. Yeah. The big thing to take away and why I worded what I worded prior is a lot of guys uh, attest to the delete gaining the mileage, and it was never oh, the yeah, delete. Yeah. It was the increase of power. It was the shaping of the torque curve. It was widening that operating range, giving that engine a more effective power band to work within. Yeah. So on your truck, right, regardless of all the badass extra bling that you had to one-up me on, what kind of mileage would a truck like that generally see? Yeah, well, you're going to get just kind of what you described there. So you're going to get mid-teens in the city, you know, depending on how aggressive you are. Uh, mixed uh, driving, so a little bit of highway, a little bit in the city, high teens, real low 20s. I think you're doing pretty good if you're getting into 20. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then if you're just on a highway trip cruising at 65 miles an hour and you got stock tires and you know, you're know you not loaded down or anything like that, yeah, we would expect you to get low 20s. Yeah. Now, the one thing that I want to take away from this is I did this because I don't want the emissions to fail, right? I don't want an NOx sensor to go bad. I don't want to pay the four hundred dollars for that. Yeah, I don't want to pay the fifteen hundred dollars for a DOC or a cat if if they fail. Like they're gonna fail. Come on, Paul. They're going to fail. Built to fail. That's the phrase right. I hear thrown around. Built. They're built to fail. Isn't a turbocharger built to fail? Aren't injectors built to fail? Water Aren't pump? tires built right. to fail? Aren't Can brakes I, I'm built gonna to fail? Those. I'm going to delete all of those. Right. right. So there's this thing of. You had the jingle, whether you had the credit line to support it and you have a, a, a job to pay the, the, the note, or you had the cash and you know your dad bought you a brand new truck. Whatever the case may be, I'm jealous of all of them. Okay, I'm jealous of all of them. Let's just be real. But the reality of it is, is 
you go and you buy this truck with the newer amenities, and unfortunately, the progression of the LB7 to the LOI, LOI to LBZ, LBZ to LMM, LMM to LML, LML to L5P, there's always going to be more controllers and more moving components as these trucks get newer. Yeah. And with that, there is new technology and amenities that is a trade-off in a sense, right? Like you want these newer amenities, right? You want the truck to be more of a, a comfort when you're towing with the family, not necessarily a job to operate when you're towing with the family. So there's a trade-off, right? Because there's more moving components. What's some of the side effects, right? Because we've seen a bunch of stuff in the industry so far, right? Over the last couple of years. I've seen, we've all seen some of those things that went viral about this guy who was trying to sell a truck and the EPA came in and, you know, they, they tried finding, you know, the guy or telling the guy he can't sell the truck. He's got to scrap it. Do we talk about trying to verify this person's existence? So that's on the my show? point. I know we've I talked about it in person. I call but... cap. I think it's bullshit myself. I think it was just Say, I thing. call cap. I call cap. It's You're bullshit. so fucking young. Right? Shut okay. the fuck up. But the reality of it is this, right? I am not going to use that as a viable source. It could have been true. It might have been true. Sure. But what I can speak on behalf of is there's a lot of counties bordering where we are here in northern Illinois, over the border in Wisconsin, that have started to incorporate diesel emissions testing. You know, I've I've said for many years, I don't know a state, a county, or municipality that has relaxed emissions enforcement. Nobody's relaxed. It's either (laughs) it's either maintained or it's become more strict. So. The reality of it is this, guys, right, wrong, or indifferent, if you don't have testing in your area, that's fine. But what does another three or five years look like? I think that's the real picture. You're going to see those things change just like we have seen those things change in our area over the last five years. The thing is, is we've gotten those calls of guys that, hey, I got to put my emissions back on, right? You just spent $5,000 in parts to delete your newer diesel pickup truck. You know how much it's going to cost to put the stuff back on and then have to replace those uh, sensors and filters that might be bad? Just so you guys know, because we see this job come through our shop at least once a month, uh, it's about five grand. Yeah. that That's cheap. Yeah. That, that's cheap. That's assuming you came in with the exhaust, yeah. that you saved everything and, and you didn't yeah. have to buy all new shit. Like It's about five grand just to put it back. So- let, before we go into the next piece here, I just I want to reiterate the cost of tuning. For you to be able to tune your L5P emissions on engine only, right? We'll just stick yeah. with engine only to make 550 horsepower, improve fuel mileage, improve drivability, get better efficiency out of the truck, lower regen intervals, the whole nine yards. You're into it. How much? Two thousand fifty dollars. And then if I wanted to add trans tuning into the mix, another, another seven hundred seventy-five. Okay. Yeah. That same package, parts, no labor. You're going to be looking at about six thousand dollars if you add in the trans tune. Yeah. Right. Now, if you add labor into it, call it. Depending on who you know and how you get it done, could range anywhere from fifteen, a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. Depending. Well, well, because I, I, I want to say I think you've you've been fairly conservative in your estimates. I think I have. Um, if if I were to run these up at retail pricing and go with only reputable companies, okay, Which is difficult. Like, and and that's something I think I think maybe we should just take a moment and talk about um, reputable companies. Okay, there was a time, and I think ten years ago when we were both getting started in this industry uh, professionally, mm-hmm. um, fly by night shops were very common. Yeah, guys who owned a welder or bought a V two for EFI Live, they were a dime a dozen. They were on the forums. They were trying to sling $30 tunes, $100 intakes, yep. intercooler pipes, whatever, yep. what have you. There was just a lot of shit in the, mar- in the market. Now, over time, 
a lot of those guys have weeded out. New ones have popped up. Of course. That's how it always happens. But but the ones who got significant reputations, whether good or bad, um, they've all had to cross this bridge of customer service. Of course. So, so what happens with most automotive performance businesses is you start off as a hobbyist and it's something you're just doing for your vehicle. And then you find that because you talk about it a lot in the groups or the forums or online, wherever that life is. Or you're just really good, right? Or you're just really good and and word of mouth travels. So all of a sudden you start doing it for other people for money. And that's that's really, really good. That's Mm -hmm. a great place to be. Uh, And then you start to grow. So your demand, so let's say you're really good at it, your demand starts to go way up. So then you hire some other guys and your focus generally, most commonly, is getting product out the door. Whether it's tuners, whether it's fabrication, yeah. whether it's it's whatever it is, if you're in the automotive world, you generally start focusing on getting product out the door. And then you grow to that like next level where all of a sudden your reputation is no longer just about your products. Because once you're doing a certain amount of volume, your customers are going to require a certain amount of assistance or yeah. you're just going to run into a certain amount of problems. Shit happens. When you're producing 100 turbos in a month compared to when you're producing five turbos in a month, very different scale of economics. It's also a very different set of problems you're going to run into. Of course. Um, so, so customer service always comes up. Now, what we've seen more and more is that with technology available, uh, bots to answer you on the Facebook page, bots to answer you in the chat on the website, contact us forms on the website. Ticketing systems. Yeah. Create tickets, right? So tickets is a way that companies can track. Now, we use tickets here. We do. Um, Internally. But one of the big things that I think I'm I'm very proud of at Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuners, we answer the phone, and we have dedicated full-time employees, so their only job is to help people. Okay. Now, a lot of what they do is help people read instructions. That's fine. Yeah. You can still call us for that. Um, but it, it's tedious. It is. It's, it's a tedious job. It burns people out. Most guys don't want to work in the customer service department for 10, 15 Let, years. Let's back into this specifically, right? Like, we're we're talking a truck platform that if unless you're buying some $300,000 or 300,000 mile truck that needs some money put into it you're buying a, a, a respectfully used truck right now for 50,000 plus yeah. you know 50 to 80 let's say new you know i mean we know we know what these things cost okay. new so you're talking a 50 60 70,000 truck and like you said that's the cost of your parents first house that that's almost uh, almost lying with what I paid for my first house. Like, let's just be real here, yeah. right? So you look at that, and then even that $2,000 price point of doing a tuner, it, me and the end user's shoes, that'd be nerve-wracking installing that for the first time. It's For somebody who, who like, I don't have to do a lot of the tuning installs, I'll just say that. Um, well, we don't want you doing the tuning installs. I used to, yeah. and it was... Ro- it was Chaotic. Rough on me. Yeah. And it was rough on the customer. Rough on the customer, <laughs> and it was rough on the team. Nobody wanted to wait that long. It turns out I really, 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 really don't have a good an easy time at letting things go. So, you know what? It's so okay. a switch install that takes normal people 15 minutes, I might be there for an hour and a half. That's okay. Shit happens. But the wires are fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Anyways. There's some super glue and some electrical tape. <laughs> anyways. Um, dude, if you didn't use duct tape on the job, did you do the job? <laughs> Were, Did were you? these trucks able to have the hoods closed afterwards? Yeah, <laughs> hard. Um, no, but but okay. Uh, I would never jump into the L5P tuning and just read the instructions. I've tried to do this yeah. um, and just read the instructions and follow them step by step. And it's 
it's stressful. It is. I, 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 I would want somebody on the phone to walk me through it. Now, now and, and that's where I was building, is like building a customer service team that can actually help you on the phone and is a real live person located in the United States who like has a family and a real life. It's like finding these people is hard. Mm-hmm. Employing these people and keeping these people around for a long time is hard because it, it's a stressful, tedious job and it's not extremely rewarding. Um, now we have very high marks, uh, from our, our feedback service. So we know that our customer service team does a great job. Um, but, but if you could just imagine being in those scenarios where you need customer service and you go to the website where you bought two, three thousand, four thousand $4,000 worth of parts from, and their answer to customer service is email me yep. or submit a form which creates a ticket yep. and when i get to your ticket i'll email you back right. and that's the only form of communication you're going to get with them um just picture yourself on a friday night in the garage you got three beers in you you've had dinner you start working on this thing you're super excited it showed up tuesday you've been telling all the guys on the job site that you're well, going to have this truck monday and you're going to go fuck some trucks you're up leaving your friday at night and, you're yep. you're fuck you and this is going to be awesome and you go and you you can't find the plug and you open up the computer and you download the software and it looks like it's in fucking greek like yep. just so many things we've seen where it's not even necessarily anybody did anything wrong it's just imagine what you feel like in that moment well i think that's where you get a lot of i'm going to refer back to the forums right this is where you see those friday saturday sunday you know during the week late night posts like hey bought tunes bought parts not mentioning the company name i've been trying to reach out i haven't gotten an email back i I need a simple you know this is what i need to do type answer yeah and you'll find other guys other companies other enthusiasts saying hey well this is what i did you should try this the problem is is those people in those other companies aren't who took your money and didn't sell you a service yeah right so when we're talking about so you could rely on the kindness of strangers of course you know which is great to an extent sure but if we're talking about a sure key, bang for your buck, improvements, and having support to support it, that's where that gamble comes in. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot to trade off. It's a lot to figure out, well, do I go this route to make my truck more reliable because, you know, fuck the government. I don't want the emissions on the truck. But look at all the other risks that are potentially involved. I also laugh about that whole increased reliability. So if you if you just buy from the wrong tuner, any reliability and I'm using air quotes, any reliability you gained by deleting the emissions by going with a shitty tuner, you just lost all of that reliability because it's real real easy to turn off codes and sensors. So you could turn off like a lot of times with deletes, we've seen this from from shitty delete tuners. They just turn all of the sensors and safety parameters off. So it's not even that they're just shutting off trouble codes. They go through and they turn off all of your safety sensors. So like your truck's ability to overheat and break down and work too hard. It's like all that shit's possible too. Well, we see too like we, you know, the newer trucks that we see coming in and out of the shop like the one thing I think we pride ourselves on internally is like we're an emissions-based company. Uh, we can diagnose your emissions issue. We can fix your emissions issue. Um, arguably, we have more aftermarket emissions experience than a lot of the guys, especially in the area that we compete against. Yeah. 
But that's not why we see a lot of these newer trucks. We see a lot of these newer trucks because the guy did do a tune and delete from a no-name shop and their factory turbo failed, or their factory transmission blew up, or they had, you know, injector pigtails is a common thing. So you see a lot of these where it's like, hey, I I walked over dollars to save pennies thinking that this was going to be the more reliable route, but then the company or the route I chose to go wasn't as reputable as I had hoped, and they ended up costing me money. Now, granted, there is some liability and a lot of liability on the driver, right? How you drive the truck, how you apply the throttle, how you treat the truck, all things apply. But at the same time, there's a lot of tuners out there that are on the forums selling calibrations that are causing issues or the fact that maybe it didn't cause an issue in the moment, but it cost that end user to buy tunes two or three times over. Now you got guys that have spent thousand, twelve hundred dollars on this tuner and then that tuner. I feel like that's always the guy that that happens to is always the guy that also paid three different shops to diagnose his NOx sensors and they all just replaced the sensors and nobody else diagnosed the truck beyond just the Mm -hmm. sensors and like Oh, we've seen that too. That guy has just had the the worst possible that that's where like I think the hate for the emissions equipment, it's like man in oh seven and a half when they when they forced it on everybody nobody was happy yeah. lmms everything from the 07 and a half to 10 generation sucks yeah. i wouldn't buy one of those trucks um <laughs> i mean not emissions on but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't buy one of those no, trucks no. Um, i mean you know what? they're cool trucks they're all cool in their trucks. own right and yeah, i think yeah. it depends on the power that you're after and what you do with no the no truck. no. if you, you have know, one of those you should feel place. bad about yourself um Jeez, i'm just joking i'm just joking trucks. they are badass trucks their emissions equipment sucks then around 11 to 14, everybody came out with a new generation. Somewhere between there, all three of the OEMs launched a new generation Final of emissions equipment. Final tier death. four hit. They'll hit. The early generations of the sensors all suck. Yep. Uh, then you get to this progression of like somewhere around 19 and 20. These trucks, most of them aren't old enough yet, although we do deal with a lot of hot shotters who put... 200,000 miles on a truck in a year and things like that. So we've seen L5Ps with huge numbers on them. We've seen L5Ps with 300, half a million miles on them. Yeah, no question. So, like, there's those guys who – it's funny because we see those guys with emissions equipment still working perfectly fine. So it's like we know that it's possible. Um, I think over time we'll tell, but it seems like every generation of the emissions equipment – it gets more reliable. It gets better. It gets better, and it's it's improved from the operating characteristics. So there's reliability, and then there's an operating characteristic that I think we need to think about, and that's the hindrance of power. How much power capability does that generation have to offer? And you know, regardless, the LMM trucks. You know, you mentioned all the emissions are shit. Well, you know, we've played around with some of the calibration stuff to kind of help improve on that, right? Yeah. Like over the years, and. Would I say that the LMM emission system's junk? Well, no. The filter is definitely small. Don't get me wrong. The canister itself and the calibration can be improved, and we could see some reliability improvements. Like, we do tune a fair amount of emissions on LMM trucks still. But when you look at what that system is capable of, that's what's shit, right? Because you can't even get an LMM truck to make the potential power output of a factory LML because that's how restrictive it is. So the efficiency of the system isn't there. The comparison, right? What are you comparing it to? If you're going to call it shit, what are you comparing it to? Compared to what? So, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. And I think, like, you get into these newer trucks, like, you know, you get into these L5Ps, like, We've seen them, we, we've seen death heater issues, right? Like that was also like a COVID 2020, 2021 thing, whatever. But the, the trucks last longer. Yeah. Right? Like everything works more effectively. Long term, we've seen 
some pretty impressive results from these trucks. So, you know, the thing that I, I want to take away from all of this is depending on what you're trying to do with the truck or thinking what you're going to do to better yourself, understand the truck itself. Because if you have an emissions issue and you think, hey, I'm going to delete the truck and I'm going to spend this five, six, seven thousand dollars to delete my truck and I'm never going to have a problem. Chances are, if you have an emissions issue now, there's something else. Like if, if you have NOx sensors constantly going bad or you have filters that are constantly going bad, I promise you it's not all the parts that you're throwing at the truck. There's something else upstream causing the problem. So what you find a lot of times is guys are spending this five, six, seven thousand $7,000. They're doing away with whatever they need to do away with, and then they find out that their turbo's bad. Or they find that their intercooler is blown out. Or they find that they have a bad injector. Or they find out that they have low fuel pressure on their HP4 pump. Something. They yeah. find something underlining, and then they go, huh, well, now I have this problem. No, that was the problem. <laughs> now I have and this we problem. See, I love like, that. We see this so often. Yeah. Right? That's why we get guys that call in, hey, I need to leave my truck. I got this code. Okay. Well, what, what code is it getting? Well, it's getting this. Okay. Well, have you diagnosed it? Yeah, it's been to three shops. They've thrown three NOx sensors at it. Not a not a repair in sight. They No fix. Okay. Well, let, let's back into that. No, I'm tired of spending money on this part. Hey, man. I get it. Yeah. I, I'd be sick and tired of spending money on that part, too. But there, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, right? Like there's that famous saying. And usually when you have something like that that's that consistent, there's something else causing the issue. That's right. Simple as that. Yeah. Whew. That was wild. Get off your soapbox. Would you just come back down and be a normal person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, um, it, it is. It's a big topic. We know that... For some of you out there, you're going to fit the criteria where we would agree that, that deleting your hey. truck makes sense. We're not telling you to do it. We're not encouraging we're not you to do it because according that. to the EPA, that would that would violate yep. rules. And we're trying to get our check. So, yeah. So, we're, we're just trying to be good. Inside joke. Good agents. Um, <laughs> so so what what we're saying, though, is that I think for a lot of you guys out there, uh, you do have the option to consider emissions-equipped performance. If you're looking to talk with somebody about that, uh, you can get a hold of Chris. Chris, how can they reach you? Man, they can email me at uh, cmkey at duramaxtuner.com. Or they can reach me direct, our shop line, uh, 815-568-7920. There's a lot of very, very, very intelligent guys that answer the phones. But if you want to deal with me directly, my direct extension is 2121. That's right. So if you want the least intelligent, intelligent guy here, uh, get a hold of Chris. Uh, For everybody else, thank you so much for listening. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. You had the jingle, whether you had the credit line to support it and you have a, a, a job to pay the, the, the note 